In its quest to provide an open forum for discussion of controversial issues, this station allows hosts and their guests to express themselves without any significant censorship. You're advised that any views expressed by the hosts or their guests are not necessarily the views of Tuggy Entertainment or its partners. Girlfriend, here is your show. Girlfriended, your chance to connect with other women, especially the woman that is most overlooked, yourself. Girlfriended is all about helping you become self-aware, not self-involved. The aim is to provide information that relates to life, which leads to real connections and results in a desire to connect or care for those in need. The Girlfriended Principle was born out of loss. Patty's mother was murdered, and Lisa lost her mother to cancer. This forged a bond between them that nothing could shake. And now the women want to help you in more ways than you can count every day. From the website, GirlfriendIt.com, and the movement, GirlfriendIt, here are Patty Wyatt and Lisa Jernigan on Toginet.com. Okay, is it true that what we do or fail to do says something? Okay, wait a minute. I have to think about that. (laughs) All right, so question again. Is it true that what we do or fail to do says something? Well, absolutely. Well, (laughs) can we expand on that? (laughs) No, absolutely. It does. (laughs) Well, what we do every day is is either we're making a choice to move forward or we're making a choice to not move forward, but we're doing something and we're communicating something or we are failing to do so. Well, everything communicates. So what is it that you want to communicate today? Before we get too far into our show, you are listening to Girlfriend at Radio with Patty Wyatt and Lisa Jernigan, where we rally you to do the remarkable through resources and relationships. And we're going to have more information about today's show and other trips Trips, <laughs> tips and tricks on our website at girlfriended.com. And you can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Well, it is practically impossible, going back to our question, not to communicate when we are in the presence of another person. And communication does not occur through words alone. We, we speak all the time with our I don't posture. think we're aware of that, that we are constantly communicating and speaking, and we sometimes we just think it's just our words yes. that are the most effective and powerful, but it really is our, our body language, our gestures, our face, our eyes. Well, it's funny because yesterday we were... We were talking with someone, and I wanted to introduce someone to you, and and I don't even think you caught it, but I said hello to them, and they said hi, and they they kept walking, and immediately in my mind, I'm thinking, hello, I just said hi to you. I need you to stop and be in my presence because I want to introduce you to my friend, but it was funny because even that gesture alone was like- they were in a hurry and they were on a mission. Exactly, and they didn't think anything of it, but Mm -hmm. I'm over here taking it as an insult going, hello, rude, but definitely our, our gestures, our posture, our face, our eyes, even our eyebrows. You know, you got that teenage thing going on when you're asking a teenager as simple as, hey, can you put the dishes in the dishwasher? And it's the of air or the eyebrow movement. Um, they, they, there's a sigh there. But we speak with a touch, a tone, a shoulder shrug, with the distance we put between us and another person with almost any action we take. Well, and it's interesting because um, the experts tell us that 65% or more of all of our communication is nonverbal. And I think that's good to stop and reflect going, okay, if 65% is nonverbal, 
Why do we put so much emphasis on our words, which we should because our words communicate, but it's also the tone that goes along with the words. It's also, like we said, the body language, how we carry ourselves, if we're smiling or not smiling. And, you know, like you said, our, our teenagers, I remember when my kids were teens and, you know, the rolling of the eyes and the, the clicking noise they make with their tongue, you know, that, and you're just like, okay, seriously, but it is, it is constantly, we are constantly in, in a mode of communicating. It comes out whether of course. We, whether mm-hmm. we realize it or not, even how we walk yes. or carry ourselves is communicating something. And, you know, it's, it's like, depending on our emotions and how our day is, it really does affect how we carry ourselves and how we move into the day. Um, you know, you notice people that will walk and somebody that's constantly looking at the ground when they're walking, as opposed to somebody that's like looking around, taking it all in. And I, I find myself sometimes if I'm really pondering something, I will, when I'm walking even, I will be looking at the ground and have more of that intense, yeah. um, and that intensity to me. And sometimes I'll just stop and go, okay, just you know, lighten up a little bit and look around and get some eye contact here. You don't, don't go into your own world and just look at the ground. Well, it's funny you say that because I was running the other morning and I had a neighbor go, were you doing okay? You were just staring at the ground. And I'm laughing going, I'm staring at the ground because I was running on the canal and I don't want to trip and fall. But even that people see that and go, is she okay? She's just staring down. And and that's, what's interesting is that our nonverbal messages are even more powerful than our verbal messages. And they even say, you know, that they being the experts out there that even with, with radio or when you're um, making a phone call through sales or you're talking to someone that you should stand up, that you should be smiling. Not that we ever do radio standing up, but people can even, they can hear that in your voice. If you're smiling or you're not smiling, you can't just convey that information without having your expressions in that that movement, um, you, the, the nonverbal actually is more powerful than the verbal. Well, you really have to smile from the inside out instead of just from the outside where it's not that authentic. It's like you're, you're putting on that plastic smile. And, you know, we talk about actions really do speak louder than words. And even as Christ followers and believers, it's really important because sometimes we, we might say one thing, yes, I love the Lord and I love people, but yet we have this frown on our face or we are carrying ourselves with a very, we have a, our disposition says grumpy. And yet we're going, no, I'm happy. I love, I'm full of joy. Mm -hmm. And we really have to connect the two. So it's like, don't say one thing, but do another and really, you know, merge the two. So you're really being authentic with it. And that, that takes awareness. We have to be aware of how we are coming across to others, how we are projecting and what we really are communicating, because like we said, you're constantly mm-hmm. communicating something. Are you aware of how and what it is you're saying to other people? Well, just like this past weekend, we spoke for a woman's conference and our, our whole retreat was running the race and how Paul has asked us to, to run the race to, to win. And it was interesting because at the end of, of the weekend, we had this um, mom and her daughter that came up and shared a story that goes exactly with what you just said, how our actions speak louder than words. And the, the mom, Deb, was talking about her son, Derek James, and um, he was deaf and he had just recently passed away at the age of 27. But she conveyed that she didn't think um, 
that Derek, which in the, he, he was deaf, like I said, and in the hearing impaired world, his name was DJ, but she didn't think he had any friends. And when they did the funeral, they were just expecting just a small group, you know, family. And instead it was packed out. They said this, this funeral was the biggest funeral they've ever had at this church. And there was like 300 of his, of his friends there. And when they shared the stories about DJ, it was the fact that he had never said a word, but his actions spoke louder than any words. And he represented Jesus. And here he was, an ambassador for Christ, could not speak, but all these people came forward and they wanted to honor DJ and they wanted to share his his life and celebrate his life because he had poured into them so much just by literally pouring out Jesus and shining Jesus. Well, his love wasn't reduced to just words. It really came out his pores and others saw that and it was contagious. And it really does make you aware of it is our whole being holistically uh, that we are constantly communicating. And how do we communicate um, to someone that we are in the present moment with that? And that is a challenge. Mm-hmm. I struggle with that because I have this ADD thing going where I, I'm constantly thinking I'm having a conversation with myself. I'm having a conversation with others. And it's really hard to be in this moment because you're constantly thinking about what I did yesterday, how it's affecting today, and I'm anticipating you know, tomorrow. So it robs us of today and being in the moment. And many times because we're distracted in our, in our minds and our heads, we communicate to others that we are not with them. And I, and the gift of presence really is a powerful thing that we give each other. And uh, in a few minutes, in fact, we're going to be talking with our guest, Eric Loxmo. And in his new book, Upended, he talks about Giving the gift of presence. And, and it so impacted me. We even talked about that at, at our conference mm-hmm. this weekend about, and we, you know, reference Eric and um, just being in the present moment in this race because the adventure that God calls us to live in this race starts in this present moment. It's not in the future. It's not something that happened in the past. It, it begins right now in the moment that God is giving you right now. And what does that look like? And how are you going to embrace adventure and expect God in this moment? Um, Eric says, we trade away the moment and the people who share it with us, often in exchange for stimulation and interactions coming from anywhere but here. And that kind of, that like kind of stabbed mm-hmm. me. <laughs> that, that, that is a great quote from Eric. Well, I, I have to go back to um, exactly what you're saying of, of trading that moment and making a choice, making a decision, you know, right here and now. Uh, the sister of, of DJ shared um, also that at that funeral, it changed her because she saw how DJ, you know, how Jesus just poured out everything that he did. If he's at the grocery store, if he was, you know, with a friend or at school and we all have to make a choice in what we're communicating. And the fact that here her brother's death changed her and made her go, okay, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to choose to make a difference. I'm going to choose to embrace Jesus and move forward where we don't realize who is basically in our presence that we are making a difference on Who's and watching? changing them. Who's mm-hmm. watching? We all are observing other people, but also people are observing us. And we forget that, that we are being watched. And, you know, when somebody will come up to you and go, hey, I saw you the other day at da 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 And you're like, I immediately go, and what was I doing when you saw me? You know, you kind of <laughs> go to that, like, okay, was I, was I, you know, I don't know, what was my body language doing? What was I doing? And it is interesting because people do 
observe you and watch you. But um, here's a few tips as we, before we go into our commercial break for being in the moment. Realize what distracts you. Is it you constantly have a phone in your hand and you're you're like married to that phone where if it beeps, you, you answer right away? It's just it, tethered. It's almost become an addiction for so many people because it's, it's a body part. And so as soon as it buzzes, you're looking at email, you're looking at your text, um, you're looking at Instagram to see what picture is, is that. So add some space or some wiggle room in your, your schedule and maybe put your phone down. Maybe mm-hmm. even like say, this is the time that I'm going to have my phone and answer my messages and my emails, but not have it be so habitual. Well, if you worry about what might be and wonder what might have been, you will ignore what is. Joining us next is Eric Loxmo, and you don't want to miss what Eric has to say. He's going to talk all about entertainment and communication. This is Girlfriended on Togginap. Don't forget to tell your friends to check it out on Girlfriended.com. It's time to discover it, connect it, propel it, Girlfriend it. And we'll be right back with more Girlfriended Radio right after these. My husband and I were in youth ministry and knew nothing about church planning. But as we felt God leading us to start a new church, we were connected with Stadia. They gave us coaching and personal care, giving us the confidence that we needed. They even have a ministry called Bloom that's designed to support me as a lead planner spouse. We now lead a church in Cleveland, Ohio that's transforming lives, and we couldn't have done it without Stadia. Stadia brings people and churches together to transform lives and communities through church planting. For more information, go to stadia.cc. Everyday Autism Miracles with Shannon Penrod. Friday afternoons at 2, 1 central on toginet.com. Life after an autism spectrum diagnosis doesn't have to be difficult. It can be joyful, happy, and filled with hope. Join Shannon Penrod, author, speaker, coach, and mom of a six-year-old recovering from autism for this inspirational hour of hope. She's even authored a series of children's autism books with her son, Jim. For more information about the books, Shannon, and Everyday Autism Miracles, go to her website, shannonpenrod.com. From there, you can also get to her other websites, blogs, and connections. On Everyday Autism Miracles, you'll hear stories from parents whose children have made miraculous strides. You'll also get the inside dish on therapies, treatments, supplements, and how to get funding to help you afford them. Miracles abound in the autism community. So tune in for Everyday Autism Miracles to listen, share, laugh, and surround yourself with hope. Everyday Autism Miracles with Shannon Penrod. Friday afternoons at 2, 1 central on Toginet.com. Welcome back to Girlfriended Radio. A chance for you to let your hair down, curl up with a mug of whatever you love, and have some nice girl talk. It's Girlfriended, the radio show on Toginet.com. And now back to the show with your hosts, Patty and Lisa. Well, our guest today is someone I met a couple of years ago, um, experiencing what he and his company do best, which is creating unique opportunities to expose great art through various media venues. And I was honored to experience the very first screening of the Disney film Tangled, which 
absolutely loved. And it's, I, it's a classic. And then a couple years later, the movie Winnie the Pooh. And I, I know firsthand the significance, the impact, and the influence of our guest today. Eric Loxmo plays many drums in life. And uh, we use this as a metaphor to the various roles and responsibilities he has played and currently involved with in life. He is the founder of an incredibly unique organization, Different Drummer. And Different Drummer, like they say, they're in the, the business of different. And so many times we avoid different. Mm-hmm. I love that. But different is is good. <laughs> different can really usher in in dreams and, and unique experiences. And um, Different Drummer has helped nearly 100 entertainment clients from, you know, major clients, you know, little ones like Disney and, and Pixar <laughs> and ABC TV, um, Warner Brothers Music, Fox. They, they help artists of every, you know, artists, authors, movies, TV. The list is endless who they have been involved with and helping them really promote great art and, and expose it in unique ways to the world and they have had fantastic results as a result of thinking different. So we want to welcome Eric Loxmo to our show and thank you Eric for taking time out of your busy schedule in New York City to join our show today. Thank you guys. Well, I'm going to bring you along to our next pitch meeting with our clients. That's the best <laughs> description I've heard of our company yet. <laughs> that is hey, so kind. Time, I'll, I'll, we'll go on the road with you, okay? <laughs> That's right. That's right. The next Disney meeting. Well, it's so funny because in politics, um, you know, I learned that the shorter the resume, the more important you are. Because if you go to D.C. and you say, oh, you, you know, the president of the United States. So it's all you need to say for, you know, for that kind of title and figure. And those with the long resumes and long histories tend to be least important. So I'm in that latter category. Long resume, still <laughs> on my way to that shorter, tighter, just couple words. That is so funny. That's kind of like introducing Cher. You know, you just go, and here's Cher. That's and you right. go, okay, how do people just get where all they have to do is have one name and people know who they are? That is a very right. short resume. <laughs> yep. Well, Eric, you say... Here is the reality. Nothing is working like it used to. The marketplace is more cluttered than ever. Content size and style is changing at a head-snapping speed. Audiences have never been more fragmented and sophisticated. Awareness is not enough. Publicity doesn't drive sales. Social media is riddled with smoke and mirrors. And traditional delivery systems are breaking down. But... The good news is that in no other point in history has success been more possible, but it takes a different a- approach. So That's after right. all that, you're, you're kind of like going, oh, I said all that? <laughs> the question <laughs> is, can you Not explain more fully what all of this means? Sure. I, we started this company five years ago, and at that point I was with Walden Media, which was, was doing and still is doing great family entertainment. At that point I was working on a film called Amazing Grace, and it was pre-Facebook was still in the, in the dorm rooms. Mm-hmm. MySpace was in the lead. You had um, new, smaller content come out like Juno or Once. So very small, very quality entertainment that was getting really big numbers. And it just felt that everything was changing at that moment around 2007, eight when digital was changing mm-hmm. behaviors. Consumers were looking for different kinds of content, the audience is fragmenting into different segments, and the traditional means to reach audiences, and, you know, when I grew up and you grew up, it was the big movie and everybody went, and then next, uh, that Monday, you went to the water cooler, 
in the elevator, and you talked about it. You mm-hmm. all shared this experience. And my kids were watching E.T. this last weekend. I was thinking, well, there's a movie that certainly drew a tremendous audience and was a national phenomenon, E.T. being, you know, decades ago. And mm-hmm. today there's so much content and there's so much to experience that audiences don't really know what to look for, where to get it, how to experience it. And so our company came in and said, listen, I think the world is changing in technology and distribution and content size, how audiences want to participate with content. They just don't want to buy a ticket. They want to be a part of the whole process. Younger filmmakers who are democratizing Hollywood by taking their Mac and a small camera and making films for, I just saw one last weekend, for $100,000. It it went to a film festival. It's doing really well. And it's you know, a fraction, decimal dust compared to a big budget $50 million movie. Mm-hmm. And it's going to do well because it has a very important message for a very select audience. And how you reach the audience, of course, is changing. So all this argument for us has been, well, if you're a studio executive and you're sitting in your office, the world's changing at a pace that you cannot even comprehend mm-hmm. because you're in a structure that's so large and so used to an old world mentality that you need to have agencies like ours, which are much more closer to the audience, closer to the street, seeing what's happening with, uh, you know, even this show. It's a, it's a phenomenon that 10 years ago you would never have this type of show mm-hmm. where you have an audience, you're, you're, um, you're distributing in a different way. We meet people all the time that have podcasts and blogs that are much larger than the major news outlets. And so the traditional means are breaking down, but it's exciting time for all of us as we see this rise of content, the, the um, content that would normally be missed or overlooked or not even funded through whether it's Kickstarter or through family and friends funding, through new distribution tools. It's finding its way, and it's a beautiful thing for all of those of us who believe that great art should be seen and should be supported. Mm-hmm. Well, that's interesting because, like you said, it's like everyone has their own tribe and, Mm -hmm. you know, there's a gas station on every corner. It's Mm -hmm. what you're in the habit of just where you're going to go. It's like, okay, but I drive this direction and this is the best corner for me to go to. So it's trying to figure out the direction that everybody's going to have the best corner there that you can really market that and, and expand your tribe, but it's, it's complicated. And, um, people think, Oh, the more we put out there, then that's going to bring it in versus what you're saying, or you put really good, really great things out there and do it with excellence. And then you go into that family or tribe and then word of mouth is going to make it go viral, but it's, that's, that's the magic. Well, it's so true that, that we, we tend to think that word of mouth happens online. And, oh, you know, this many tweets and this many posts will determine the success or the reach of my content. And the reality is that most, offline, most of word of mouth happens offline. Mm-hmm. It's like 73% of all decisions are made by that person-to-person relational aspect of you're in a, in a coffee shop or you're with a friend at church or you're um, – you know, talking to your family and you hear about new content through someone you trust. And so there's certainly a, well, that's why we describe it as smoke and mirrors, that, that so much of what people are looking to measure success and measure momentum 
mm-hmm. is very much a false number. I mean, you could have 100,000 likes. And in fact, yesterday I was reading that Justin Bieber's um, Twitter, which I think he's in the millions, obviously, yeah. half of his Twitter followers are fake. Wow. Now, it's not his fault. It's because there are many ways that happens. It's international. It's also just fake accounts. It's it's promoters and advertisers and marketers that are creating accounts. All this is happening. So you're looking at, okay, half of his, and this is great. This is across all different artists and content. So at the end of the day, what is the way you reach audiences? Is it through twi- Twitter? And yeah, that's a tool. That's important. But I think there's a holistic view of mm-hmm. uh, building brands. Why does Pixar and Disney and Participant and Fox Searchlight in particular why do they have such a loyal following? So whenever they announce a new project, people are already committed to going. Mm-hmm. It's because they trust and know a brand that means something. There's mm-hmm. many others who produce great content, but they've not built a brand where literally it clears the cutter, clutter and says, oh, well, the next Pixar movie's coming. I'm going to watch that. I'm, gonna, I'm looking forward to that. Mm-hmm. And that's where we need to go with content is building great brands, as you said, creating great content that is is not just about the dollar, that's important for many reasons, but it's about how do we um, break the rules, how do we reach beyond the obvious and, and really extend the idea of storytelling, uh, and especially as people of faith, I, it drives me crazy, I hope it drives other people crazy, that we're not often the best storytellers in the world, we're not pushing the boundaries of what's possible. We have a story that goes the darkest of dark days mm. with cross and the greatest of greatest moments with the resurrection. We can go from the deepest and darkest sins and brokenness of the world and to the greatest moment of restoration and redemption. So mm. in that scope, why can't we tell difficult stories that are heartbreaking? Why can't we have comedies that are fun and winsome and enjoyable and delight the audience? We so often are caught in a melodrama very particular niche stereotypes and it's because there's an audience for that and people are thinking well i gotta i gotta prove that to hollywood that this movie works and we can show hollywood and we can then get more money and the reality is we're training hollywood to believe that low production Mm -hmm. um, message movies are the only thing that matter and when i think um, the future is going to be all about how do we tell great stories aspirational stories from the depth of human experience there's my diatribe, girls. I just <laughs> <laughs> we're we're following you because it is really about the the story and being like you said, challenging us to be good storytellers. And even in your book, which we'll talk about later, you have a whole section about that. Of what does it look like to tell a good story? Don't just you know state Mm -hmm. of fact, but develop it because we are so visual and we've created this uh, culture that's so entertainment driven Mm -hmm. with all the videos and the games and everything that we're, we, we created this appetite. And so we, we have to learn how to navigate through that. And like you said, how to really create great art and great content that really stands out amidst all the noise of entertainment around us. And that really is the challenge. And, and uh, what you guys are doing is really highlighting that what is really exceptional and, and promoting that, identifying it and promoting that and trying to communicate to Hollywood and them, this is what people want. And, and that right. is 
that is significant in trying to do that. Well, Eric, we're going to take a quick break. And okay. uh, you, Different Drummer has a tagline, rethink everything, go different this time. So we want to challenge you as a listener. What do you need to think differently about? We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back with Eric Loxmo from Different Drummer. This is Girlfriend on Toginet. Don't forget to tell your friends to check it out on Girlfriended.com. It's time to discover it, connect it, propel it, Girlfriend it. And we'll be right back with more Girlfriended Radio right after these. We were thriving in a youth ministry when God clearly called us out of our Bible Belt comfort zone to plant a church in California. Stadia's 90-plus percent success rate gave us all the confidence we needed. They also cared for us through amazing support networks to encourage us like Bloom, a -a one-of-a-kind ministry for planters' wives. It's here I find deep friendships with like-minded gals who want to change lives. Stadia brings people and churches together to transform lives and communities through church planting. For more information, go to stadia.cc. And there's no stopping us. Join host Kalen Amadio for Act Local, marketing for small business. Kalen helps concerned, confused, and even clueless small business entrepreneurs market simply, safely, and successfully. Join Kalen for some Monday morning marketing madness that will leave you with more ideas, more understanding, and more knowledge about why and how harnessing the Internet gives you the power to bring your business to the next level. Whether you need help with online media, social media, video, or mobile marketing for your local business, this marketing black belt will guide you into the 21st century with easy tips, tricks, and techniques that get your local business seen and heard. Each week, Kalen will feature a new tip that you can use today, as well as a range of guest experts who are passionate about helping local business owners thrive. Act Local Marketing for Small Business airs every Monday morning at 9 a.m. Eastern Eastern Standard Time on the Rockstar Radio Network. Welcome back to Girlfriended Radio. A chance for you to let your hair down, curl up with a mug of whatever you love, and have some nice girl talk. It's Girlfriended, the radio show on toginet.com. And now back to the show with your hosts, Patty and Lisa. To our show today, we are talking with Eric Loxmo, founder of Different Drummer, one of America's fastest growing, most forward thinking entertainment marketing agencies. And Eric, entertainment is such a big deal in our culture today. What does all of this mean for the church? Hmm. Well, I think it's for me, it goes back to this very lost and underdeveloped doctrine of the church, which is common grace. And I, you know, I have grown up in the church. I'm 40 years old this week, so uh, which is a little scary. <laughs> so you're playing your music, and I'm thinking, oh, Cindy Lauper, that's my generation, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> but I grew up in a church, and grew up in the church, and really never heard anyone articulate why common grace, which is a fundamental doctrine of of our belief in, in Christ, of what that means and why that's important. And basically, it's very simple. 
Uh, I mean, it's not very simple, it's a, but I'll try to simplify a little bit. It's basically the belief that there's goodness, truth, and beauty everywhere, that Christ has endowed us and imbued us with a sense of goodness and, and understanding of what love means. And even if you don't believe in Christ as Savior and believe in God, you can see the evidence of his creation and his goodness in places that we don't expect. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you, how do you look at a, an amazing dancer who does not hold our worldview or beliefs? Can you clap? Can you apply? Can you say that person's an amazing dancer, the best in the world? Yes because that person has the imprint of the Creator in them. Now, mm-hmm. that's not a salvation um, story, but it is a common grace story. And what I'm convinced of is, until the Church understands that you can go to the movies or listen to a song or read a story um, that is not described or labeled as Christian in its, you know, in its descriptive or where it comes from or who made it, if we don't appreciate just the gift of creation and, its, and how it can communicate truth and goodness and beauty, we'll never fully understand the grasp of what God's world is about. Mm-hmm. And you either get very, very afraid of culture, or you get very, and very fearful of culture, or you fight culture. You're either always angry or always running, and combative or fleeing. And there's a place in the middle that we've tried to occupy, which is, Yes, there's lots of lots of bad culture. There's lots of bad creations, and we can speak into that and be critical, and we have to. But let's create. Let's, be, let's criticize by creating something beautiful. So let's not just be negative. Let's make something positive. Mm-hmm. And then also, let's, let's celebrate the good. Let's praise the good. Let's find the good and make it work and win. Uh, on my Twitter, we have, I have this description, which has really been my life theme, is how do you promote and publicize and populate and popularize Common Grace content? How do we find wherever it is, whoever made it, mm-hmm. good as truth and beauty and say, this is worth celebrating? And if the church can grasp that, we will have such an influence on reaching people, changing industries, um, bringing good things to, to a place where they're popular and they're now being enjoyed by more people. So it's really that to me is is my passion and drive is the church to rise up and grasp the beauty and goodness and grace of God in places that we least expect and people that we are are don't believe would be possible. You know, Eric, I love that. And I especially love your example of the dancer to be able to really appreciate um, just that gift. That's a God-given gift. And you're right. We want to compartmentalize God and put him in a box and we go, okay, but that was secular. I don't even like hearing that term. It's like, this is of God and that is secular. And uh, a perfect example, Lisa and I um, were just speaking at this uh, conference and a gal came up to us who was, had used to be um, in the sex industry. And Mm -hmm. she went to go see Lion King and her and her girlfriend took a couple mushrooms and decided to, you know, watch this movie high. And she sat there. And when the part where the scene where Mufasa is telling Simba, remember who you are, she said it was as if God was holding her cheeks, you know, with his hands and looking at her saying, remember who you are. And that was life-changing for her. And she literally started seeking God and started reading the Bible 
because of that moment. And when you say that, people, we, we actually, I shared that at, at lunch with a bunch of Christian friends. And it was funny because a couple of the women looked at me like, okay, I can't believe you just told that story. That is, that is so secular. <laughs> you know, <laughs> here I am saying that the stripper is over here getting high in the theater. And that was her God moment. But it's, but it's, why not? But why not? Why are we putting God in a box? Exactly. Exactly. And, and that's, that's the reality of the world. I mean, it's a messy, broken place of people who mm-hmm. are, who are lonely and, and, and often desperate for something that means that's, that's real and means something. And, what we love about the content we work on, we're very selective. We don't like to bring the, you know, everything to everyone. We're very selective. I think you know that from our experiences. Mm-hmm. We wanted to work with the right people. And it's, it's creating, a, it's, it's having content that haunts the audience after mm-hmm. the credits roll or the book is closed or the song ends. And haunts is a good word. So it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's imbued with something that is so deep and profound so that physically, emotionally, spiritually, mentally, you cannot shake that. Mm-hmm. And that is every, I would say, I would say as much as possible, we pursued that. And I think most of our content has that. We're just working on a movie, two movies now that I think are really important for audiences to know about. One is To the Wonder, which is a, which is a very art house film. Terrence Malick, a well-known director, he did Tree of Life. Mm-hmm. Um, he, it's, it's a very different film, so don't go into expecting... Um, in Tree of Life, Brad Pitt, on this one, um, Ben Affleck to be a certain kind of character. It's very artistically done, but mm-hmm. it, it carries such meaning about love in this case and divine love and the struggles of doubt and of, of marriage and relationships. And the other one we're working on is called King's Faith, which is a very small movie out of Rochester. So again, seeing the democratization of Hollywood where um, filmmakers are making content that, you, that rivals studio productions. And it's, it's an honest story about a kid who has a difficult background, is in foster homes, is trying to find and meet friends, trying to shake his past, and people want to define him by his past, and he, mm-hmm. and he can live firm, committed to the God that he knows and that he loves. And it shows that people are a mess. And I think there is it resonates with audiences who are not looking for neatly tied up stories, perfectly acted, perfectly the perfect sound by the perfect sane, so that the audience leaves with no margin, totally have been told, here's what you have to believe. I believe that art, great art, has margins. It leaves room for the audience to have its own experience. As believers, we do not have to give all the answers. And that's part of the book's mission was, Let's ask questions. Let's tell stories. Let's give people grace and room to discover what God may be doing in their lives, like your story about Lion King haunting this, this person who obviously was going through a lot. Well, and, and we're losing the ability to think. We want somebody to spoon feed mm-hmm. us what is truth and what they believe so we don't have to really wrestle with our opinions. And you see that so much in, even in the Christian culture is and we're afraid to disagree. It was like, we just don't make me think about it. Just tell me what I should think. Instead of going, here's some different ideas. Is something and, wrong with that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just tell me. Um, well, here, you know, you don't have to agree with everybody. You can agree to disagree. But in the, dis- in, in the maybe wrestling through, do I, why don't I believe that? You come to understand what you really do believe mm-hmm. at your core. And like you said, you will leave 
a place, whether it's church or a movie, going, what did I really think about that? What do I really believe? And wrestling with that. And I so appreciate when um, a, a church service or a movie or a book leaves me still wanting more and still going, I'm not really sure what I think about that. And it stirred something inside of me that I don't exactly mm-hmm. know what that is. I need to think about that more. And we're losing that ability. And, and even in the, um, in the, the Christian world, we're making it so sterile where it's, it's, it compartmentalizes. It's like you said, it's very clean. It's not messy. And life is not, not clean and sterile. It is very messy. And there's something about coming along somebody. And like you said, in this movie where you go, me too, me too. Yeah, I, yeah. I understand right. brokenness, I understand messy. Um, and so just appreciate that art and that content. Like you said, it is more about the questions and the answers. Yeah, that's right. And it's, it's also a challenge that, that there's so much, there's so many, um, it's just it's an idea of grace to everything, and, and it's just hard to say, and I know we need to be graceful with everything and everyone, but uh, often calling things great just because they happen to be made by Christians or have some Christian themes. And we see it often, though, oh, it's a great movie. Was it, is it really great? I mean, it may be great, but we need to be careful in, in making sure that we are discerning. I love the idea of th- thinking Christianly, of being mm-hmm. thoughtful about our content and saying, you know, this is a good movie. And the idea of having that discussion after any type of content, asking your kids, what do you think? Is this true? Is this... How, what, do you, what do I make you feel? How do you think about these themes, this character? And never letting content just slide by and, as an enjoyable experience. It's, I think we have to be increasingly uh, entering into content enter, entertainment with our minds turned on and not trying to escape. There's so much right now what's coming out is all about escaping. You have difficult economy, difficult days, world tensions, people are stressed out. They want to escape big pictures, kind of crass comedies. These are working. Mm-hmm. And we need to be mindful that that's not enough. That's not the call of the church. The church is to create beautiful works that, again, are delightful, entertaining, but they, <clears throat> they allow the audience to get a glimpse of something that they hadn't thought about, felt before. And that, that is the challenge of the church. And, and how do we create that and not just become like the culture? And um, I like how you phrase that, escape, because that is so true. Just entertain me. Let me escape. I don't want to mm-hmm. think. I don't want to feel. I just want to just to not feel bad anymore. So just entertain me. And even you see that consumer Christianity coming into the church, entertain me. Don't mm-hmm. make me think. Don't, and I don't, don't want to activate rattle. my faith. I don't want to have to do anything Mm-mm. to apply it. Mm-hmm. So it, it is quite the challenge. Well, we're going to have to take a break, and um, we're going to be right back with our guest, Eric Loxmo, who, in addition to being the founder of Different Drummer, has also launched the arts nonprofit organization Brewing Culture, which funds artists and creates space for new conversations around the arts. Well, we'll be right back with Eric, and when we come back, we're going to be talking about his new book, Upended. You're not going to want to miss this. It's challenging, insightful, and full of great stories. We'll be right back. This is Girlfriended on Togginap. Don't forget to tell your friends to check it out on girlfriended.com. 
It's time to discover it, connect it, propel it, girlfriend it. And we'll be right back with more Girlfriended Radio right after these. My husband and I have always wanted to plant a new church. After 10 years, God finally affirmed that in us. We thought we were on our own. We never imagined that there was an organization that could partner with us. That's when we got connected with Stadia. They have incredible systems in place to support our family, including a network designed specifically for me, the spouse of a church planner. We could have never done it without Stadia. Stadia brings people and churches together to transform lives and communities through church planting. For more information, go to stadia.cc. Join us every Monday at 10 a.m. Central for the Johnny Rowland News, Guns, and Motorsports radio show with commentary about current events, guns, shooting, and firearms issues, automotive and motorsports features, and special music presentations. Johnny is recognized as an international firearms authority and ballistic engineer, as well as an accomplished and widely recognized automotive designer and longtime TV and radio host. This program draws on Johnny's experience in shooting, motorsports, and as a professional entertainer musician. Don't miss Johnny Roland News, Guns, and Motorsports. Infotainment at its best. Trust us on this one. It's a fun show. Every Monday morning at 10 a.m. Central, right here on the Toginet Radio Network. Welcome back to Girlfriended Radio. A chance for you to let your hair down, curl up with a mug of whatever you love, and have some nice girl talk. It's Girlfriended, the radio show on Toginet.com. And now back to the show with your hosts, Patty and Lisa. Well, our guest, Eric Loxmo, is the founder of Different Drummer, and he's also co-authored the book, Upended. And Upended invites followers of Jesus to become what they say, apprentices of Jesus, particularly in the choices that shape our lives most and how we communicate and connect. And Eric, along with Jed Metafine, have masterfully written this book. And it's not only practical and full of great stories, but it really, truly takes you on a journey into the heart of Jesus. And I know for me, it caused me to want to exhale what's what I was digesting through this book. And, and it really caused me, I, I kind of read it in, in, in pieces because I wanted to think about it and really how does this apply to me and what do I want to do this? So and we'll, we highly had, recommend this book. We had a two hour road trip and you ended up reading it to me as well. You kept, I, you kept mm. wait, 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 I, I, I got to read this to you. And then you would read it. And then you would ask me, well, what do you think about that? And well, then we would talk about, it was really, and, and now we would like to do a whole workshop on the, on this book for women to get them to have to digest it and exhale well, and it was um, it was cool because your even your chapter about being in the present um, mm-hmm. was very convicting to me, and something that I'm really trying to to go. Okay, how do I really do that? Because I do struggle being in the present, um, always running at a fast pace and trying to think, and my mind can think of many things at one time. So that was just a great reminder, and just just to sit and go, what does that look like? But why upended? How did that come about? like the name a lot um and you have some great great lines in there you guys really are thinkers <laughs> and you're great storytellers so explain upended from your perspective yeah first of all it's the worst thing about writing a book is that people think you're an expert and when we <laughs> approach this book i mean it's like the worst thing especially communication They're like oh here he comes he's going to communicate perfectly and be present and tell <laughs> stories 
And well, we'll it's be- funny. It's funny, Eric, because that's what I said to you on the break. Was like, okay, this is a no judging, <laughs> no judging zone. You cannot judge us for our storytelling because no, and that's the thing. Our lack thereof. Yes, yes. <laughs> no, we tell people that, and and it's not the best promotional tool. I tell people, I didn't really write this book for you. I wrote it for me. Mm-hmm. And Jed and I are wanted to get past our careers, which have been in that political entertainment organization space, and say. Okay, we're dads. He has five kids under the age of eight. Mm, I have wow. three under the age of nine. And we're husbands who have many bad days. We're not reflecting the best of who we should be to our wives. We're, we're busy people. We're trying to do a lot in our days, uh, lead organizations, serve our families, serve in the church. And, and it's my own conviction of just saying, man, what we're told and what we think is the real life and how we really impact and communicate and, and have relationship is so fundamentally against what Christ called us to be and do mm-hmm. that it upends your life. Mm-hmm. And I see it in, in every aspect. And, and you mentioned it, the presence and attentiveness are the two hardest aspects of the entire book. I mean, those two things, I, I tell a story in there about, I'm playing catch with my son, who was, I think, five at the time. So we're outside playing baseball, throwing it back and forth. And I was in the habit of doing calls on my cell phone while I'm playing catch. So he, he sees his dad with, you know, he, his dad, he knows his dad's not fully with him. He's, he's off and, to a, you know, thinking about a meeting or talking to someone and playing catch with him. So I'm not fully present. And also he was learning how to throw the ball by having his hand up to his ear. <laughs> because he was so used to like, well, that's what you do. And he was little, he didn't really know better. But it was this idea of like, oh my goodness, I'm, I'm not fully present. And then when I go to, um, to dinner parties last night, the amazing number of people who had their phone next to their plate, like mm-hmm. it was a piece of silverware. Uh, and I've heard of friends now that what they do when they go to restaurants is they put, they stack their cell phones in the middle of the table. And basically whoever grabs their phone because they cannot miss a call or have to check something, has to pay for the entire meal. Oh, wow. And, That's and it's great. In, you know, a great little tool, but the reality is we're, we're all so distracted and we're mm-hmm. all, um, we've, we've flattened out our relationships through social media where everyone's a friend. Mm-hmm. We're trying to build our name through our fans and our Twitter. We, we move fast. We don't dig deep and don't have a rooted sense of what's really a true relationship. And, what we did is went back and said, okay, what did, what did Christ do? How did he remain present? He was a busy and high-demand individual. He was always on the go. But why was he stepping away from the crowd? Why did he push off um, and go to the other side in the boat? Um, why did he stop in the middle of the crowd to talk to the woman who was bleeding? Um, why did he tell so many stories, and why did he ask so many questions? I mean, if you are the answer... You would think, I would think, I would do this, but I'm the answer. I'm the mm-hmm. way, the truth, and life. I'm going to give all the answers, and I'm not going to ask questions. Why would I give a question? Because a question gives away control. It allows someone to have a say, and, and we think that's so counterintuitive to when you command an audience. You need to keep on and keep making your statements. So we hit these points, and I, I kept going back to saying this is not about professionals. It's not about those on stage. It's about I'm a dad. I'm a husband. Mm-hmm. I'm a friend, I'm a neighbor, um, I'm, a, I'm a boss and colleague and coworker, and I have a way of relearning and rethinking the way I connect with people. 
and it goes back to Christ, which is the fundamental transformation of hearts and minds. Mm-hmm. And Eric, that's such a good point. I even have to go back because um, if we really are about pouring out Jesus and it's all about the transformation of hearts and minds, uh, even when you look at our younger generation, now yours are all under the age of nine, you said? Mm-hmm. Yes, correct. So you might not, they might not be in that social media aspect yet because how are we, we need to even teach them to be in the present. I know mine will be 12 soon and she, we, we made a huge mistake at Christmas time giving her uh, the iPod plus or whatever. And the the Instagram, Mm. this contraption is a part of her arm and in the middle of whatever they're doing, they have to take a picture. And they want all yeah. their friends to see what they're doing. And at first I thought, all right, that's okay. This is just a small group of her girlfriends. And she's just, you know, hey, I'm here at Starbucks with my mom, you know. And, but now I'm realizing, okay, this is out of control. It's just this mm. continuous, like you said, you know, here you are at the dinner table and people are putting their phone down next to their fork. And that was is with our generation where, where this is all new. Social media is a newer concept for these younger kids that they're just flowing into it. How? What would you recommend even in that in helping parents to really be in the present and to teach their, their children the same? Yeah, that is a, an amazing question. And I think the fundamental question of, of all parenting right now, um, I think it's a learned behavior. So I think they're modeling their parents and they're, and they're modeling their peers. Mm-hmm. Um, what we do at home, though, I think is, is really important. Um, we are not good at this, but we've tried to do a no-screen Sunday where mm-hmm. we don't do movies, don't do TV, we, we don't do um, phones. I mean, we break that often, um, but it's, it's, a, it's an attempt, and the kids know that. And we've bought them, through a recommendation of a friend, we bought them games and drawing materials and basically a box that only comes out on Sunday that they can look forward to playing with. And we add to it with new things every once in a while. So very simple toys, but they look forward to the Sunday box. And that's their goal. And it's a church day, so we we usually have friends or do meals. So I think it's one day, it's a Sabbath day of saying Mm. Sabbath is not just rest, but it's a rest from the screens that are every part of our days. I think it's also just creating boundaries. It's so difficult. I, this morning I was joking with my wife that, that Netflix is the cheapest, best babysitter we've ever had. Because <laughs> yeah. I can, when it's, this morning, when it's 6.30 and my two-year-old, three-year-old is up, we mm-hmm. hand her the iPad and she watches, you know, Dora. Yep. And I get another hour of sleep. But, but it's, it's, that's creating a habit and expectations. Um, and, you know, we see it across. This is the, what's the reality is that we are in a, well, everyone's talking about a post-Christian world. We're in a post, it's everything's falling and fading, and we have to be resistant and fight. And that's somewhat true. But I would say when you look at it as a pre-Christian world, if we change our views, though, we're saying, listen, people don't know the gospel. People don't know a different way of living. We can be a subversive people. We can be a pe- peculiar people, an up- upended people. And that idea of upended also comes from the upside-down kingdom that God created and that we're called to be, which is everything the world expects. We should be different. We should mm-hmm. be um, different how we live and how we use technology and how we, what we spend our time and spend our money. 
And I think in that view of a pre-Christian world, we can be such a witness by just having a better mastery of our technology and our time and, and slowing down. And I think I heard it earlier in the break, just putting the phone down or turning it off and spending an hour with someone where it's attentive to them and listening to their story and not trying to think of a response or an answer, but thinking of how can I love this person through questions and through just being present fully. Mm-hmm. And that's a, sim- that's a simple but very, very difficult thing. Well, it's a discipline that we have to practice because everything in our culture is screaming for our attention. And we give into it and we think we have to answer every text right then when it comes in or email or be so accessible to so many other people that we miss the moments that God is putting right in front of us. And um, it, it is it is very it's challenging. And I know like, um, for me, like I said, reading that chapter in your book, it just, it smacked me in the face because I know that I've struggled with being in the presence. Mm -hmm. I, we've had this conversation, Patty and I, but it was just right there in black and white going, I really need to get a handle on this. Um, and, 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 and just really be in the moment. And it's not so much that I am tethered. I'm tethered a little bit to the to the uh, technology, but I think it's more for me, my mind racing yeah. all the time and thinking of what I should be doing and what I want to do next and being just preoccupied in thought. And, and that's where I just got to slow down and, and just be in this moment and, um, and what God wants to say in this moment. We don't leave room for God to even speak into our lives because mm-hmm. we are busy having our own conversations, whether verbally or in our head. And so, um, that's right. we just wanted to, well, our time has come to an end and so appreciate so you taking your time to be with us. And, uh, again, highly recommend your book upended. Highly recommend Different Drummer and what you guys are doing and how you're really causing and kind of disrupting and stirring the pot and creating good content and, and holding accountable um, people for to create good content. And Well, even and holding, our, holding um, accountable what you were saying as, as parents, to, that hit me. I need to be a better role model in what I'm doing with my technology as well. So thank you for joining our show today. Thanks for leaning into this significant conversation and a special thanks to our guest, Eric Loxmo. For more information about Eric and Different Drummer, you can visit our site, girlfriended.com. You can also go to differentdrummer.com. Have a great day. Thanks for listening. Be intentional with your relationships. Thank you for being a part of this special program, Girlfriended, the show dedicated to the most important woman you know, yourself. 